Welcome to the Econ Profit Podcast. This is a new setup. We got this weird this stuff going here where we're really personal today. Um, my name is Laz Chavez. Richard Telf, and today we have Q. Alrighty, Once guys. Again. I appreciate you guys for always inviting me in. And it's Actually, always a joy to talk with you guys. we didn't invite you. <laughs> well, I mean, always being very humble and kind <laughs> to you guys. But yes, He actually way, texted us today to come. Either so way, go guys, ahead, Quinn. I actually came here today for all of you guys because... I had like this divine light bulb and I wanted to share it with the world because one of the problems I've noticed in all of my years of investing is that a lot of people make a lot of mistakes in the stock market and I pledge to come here today because I want a lot of people to stop those basic mistakes and that's pretty much it. And that's why yes. um, we actually accepted your self-invitation onto our podcast today because when you texted us, you texted Laz and I yeah. and when we saw it, we're like, oh damn, that's actually a really good topic. Yeah. And I'm really interested in what you have to say. Right. And, really yeah, and, and pretty much, you know, I just want to kind of spread the gospel of like how to stop making a lot of basic mistakes. And whenever you're ready, we can get into it. Bro, I mean, yeah. all right. You so, take the lead, man. So one of the first things that I wanted to talk about and the number one thing that I've learned about investing in the stock market and why people fail is most investors, they don't know how to sell now for the average person it's pretty easy to determine when it's time to buy a stock right you see something just jumping up you're like hey let me jump on the bandwagon or if you see like a really good stock tanking like 20 30 percent you want to splurge like to buy really cheap but the problem is when do you actually sell that stock and what separates the adults from the children in the stock market is that the children they get greedy. They want to hold on to the stock, wait for it to go up 20, 30%. Like, yeah, it's going to keep going up. Yeah, it's going to keep going up. And the stock's dropping every day. No, 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 it's going to keep going up. No, no, it keeps going down. Now it keeps going up. Why is the stock going down? And now your stock that was worth 20 and you should have sold it at 20, $21 is now worth 13. And now it's going to go down even further. And now you're selling it at 12. So you only made a 20% profit when you could have made 100 if you bought it at $10. And that's one of the huge things that I've learned that a lot of people, they really, really fail at that. Selling at the right time is the best thing to do. If the market is going to tank, drop your money out, wait for it to go low and then buy back lower so that if you have a bad day, you cut a lot of your losses out. So that's reason number one. Did, did this yeah. just happen recently, by the way? Is that oh, like, no, no, Because you told is... us you're like, like the reason why right. you wanted to do this was because you you said that something happened. Right. Well, I wanted to get into that a little bit, Richard. So oh. you you and Laz both know that we have like a group chat where we yeah. talk about yeah. stocks and stuff. And a lot of the friends I have, all the clients I have, I realized that one of the mistakes they make is that they don't simply know when to pull out. And <laughs> and I'm saying this in an affectionate way because in stocks, and you can make a joke about the words we're going to use, but we have pump and dump and dump and pump. <laughs> and that sounds like I'm making a joke about this, but they're actually two totally different things. A pump and dump means that investors are pouring in their money into a stock to raise it up, and then they're going to dump later. A dump and pump means that you're selling your stocks early because you're expecting a drop, and then you'll pump into it later after the price is already de depreciated. That's a dump and pump. Yes, yeah, so a dump and oh, pump okay. means sell first, okay. buy low. So pretty much dump and pump is sell high, buy low. Pump and dump is buy low, sell high. Okay. They're pretty much the opposite. Yeah. And you know that's one of the key things that I've learned in all of my years about selling in the stock market so that's reason number one uh i so i think yeah. that's a very very good reason right uh very good thing how, how are you i like what indicators are you looking at as to like you say how do you know when to sell 
Well, that's a very good question. And like I said, everything is situational. But in general, the best thing to do is look at the market trend. So if you see that usually the stock market goes in four different types, you have slightly green days, slightly red days, very green days, very red days. Those are very important because if you have a very green day, usually what happens and what I've seen is that a lot of people will sell off their money at the pre-market. So whenever you see, okay, how's the market gonna be today? And I'm already up $300 before the stocks even do anything, I will sell, keep my 300, 400, $500 and I'll just like do nothing for the rest of the day. And then I'll wait for the prices to drop and then I'll buy them back. And the same thing happens if you have a market that is all red from the beginning. Oh no, today's gonna be bad. I'm gonna sell everything, just wait, wait for the prices to drop or go up higher and then wait for whatever's the best time to jump in again. And I think that that's one of the key things to selling. Selling is a huge problem. Buying is easy. Got it, Yeah. got it. Okay, so basically on the days that are very green, you think it's a good day to sell? Well, depending mm -hmm. on the type of stocks you have, which will bring me into my next point. But yes, I would say that you have to learn when to take your profits. Got it. And stop just sticking around. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And and you're focusing more on a day trader yes. perspective. Yes. Right? So right. I want to make that clear because in our last episode that we shot together, I talked a lot about my investing strategy. And if you were a person that's long term, this doesn't apply to you. If you want to wait until you're 80 years old and you're about to die and then you have 10% gains, like, yeah. you know what? Fine, that's nice and cute. But I'm talking about people who want to make day trades right now, have instant income. Right. Right. You know? Quinn, but what about stocks that are just going up? What like, do you mean? For example, some stocks are going to be green today, tomorrow, and the day after. Yeah. Well, so well, usually, how would you? Well, usually what I'm saying is, if you know when to sell and if you know when not to be greedy you can always sell high then buy again and then wait for it to keep going up or you could just not buy it out at all if you see a stock that continues to increase in value one thing you could also do is literally just not even touch it because you know it's going to pop at some point and that's the thing that a lot of investors i've noticed no stock goes up forever no stock goes down forever now you might mean in general the stock is generally going up but there will always be a dip that you jump back into it so if a okay. stock let's say is at 50 and then let's say it's going to go to 70 i'm going to go and buy it the day that it drops to 65 for like two hours and then i'll wait for it to go back up you see what i mean and that's usually how i read a lot of market trends and do a lot of research and all those things do you, do you ever sell just enough to cover your basis what do you mean you sell what you invested and then you keep any profits yes. that you made yes you, Yes. And usually when I usually sell, they're usually I'm usually selling green, but a lot of people, they usually sell red and selling red. Sometimes you have to do it because you think it's going to keep dropping. But selling green is the best because you keep your profits and you can reinvest. And for those of you who are Robin Hood traders out there, I would say that if you're doing margin investing, too, that's a key thing, because the more profits you are able to keep, the more Robin Hood will give you to borrow, which is why I went from starting off with $1,000 of borrowing money, now Robinhood lets me invest four or $5,000 of extra money. And that's not even counting the money that I sent to my bank account. So it's even higher than that if I put all my money in the market. So when you really think about the amount of additional cash you can get from margin trading simply by keeping your profits, it's a really good thing. Right. Yeah. I have, a, I have a quick question about selling Yes. in specific. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you sell, do you sell all your shares or sometimes you sell like half the shares keep half the shares like well that's a really good question like i said it's all 
dependent on the specific situation, but usually I'm the type of person that sells everything because I wanna make the most profit I can. Selling some of my shares, I only usually do that when I'm trying to make money to buy something else. So let's say I have 99% of my money invested in the market. And let's say there's a stock that I really wanna buy that tanked today, but I'm short like $200. So I might do something like say, okay, well I'm gonna sell two Disney shares to make that $200 mm -hmm. of cash and then I'll go buy that other stock, yeah. something like that. So that's when I usually do partial shares. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Next. All right. So the how many points thing, are, are there? So four there's four. So oh, we just okay. went through the first one. I want to make this real quick for you guys. So the next thing that I wanted to teach everybody here, and I've learned this, especially in the investment club, because people fail with this. You have to know what kind of stocks you have. What do I mean by this? I'm going to give you guys a very quick example. There's a stock I had recently called Urban One. It was blowing up because of all of the recent stuff that's happening with African-Americans. It's a, one of the few black owned businesses in the stock market. It's a radio corporation and it's a very volatile stock. That stock went from $6 to $50 to $30 back to 12, back to 10, back to 20. It was like jumping all around. And I made thousands and thousands of dollars off of that one stock. How? Because I was able to read the trends. What I did was I put a stop order on U1. What a stop order, for those of you who don't know, is that you put a limit to how much it will drop. And if it drops below a certain amount, it will automatically try to sell. I know that because U1 is a very volatile stock, I have to put a stop loss on it because I need to cover my losses. Mm -hmm. But if it was a more stable stock that drops a little bit, I probably wouldn't put as much of a stop loss. Mm -hmm. And knowing how your stocks perform is kind of like learning a skill, like learning a new language because you've had experience with the stock before, you've seen how it grows and every stock's different. You know if it's more long-term like Starbucks grows at a very, very slow rate. Mm -hmm. And then you have something like Fastly that grows really fast, mm -hmm. literally. literally <laughs> fast. And then you have like a company that Microsoft that generally goes up, but not like too much. So it's like you have to know what kind of stocks you're dealing with. And that way, I'd say that you can really perform in the market. Can, can you make... Don't some traders just make all their money with like two or three stocks that yeah. they, they just specialize and they learn the trends, they yes. learn how they, they react to certain news and then right. they literally just make money off the volatility on those three? I will tell you this, Richard. I would say that there are about 15 stocks that I usually recycle between. And the reason is because as I've tested them, I've seen their trends and I believe in these companies and they all cover different sectors. The number one thing I'll tell you, Richard, is that one of the key things to being in the stock market is you have to cover different trends. If you stick all your money in tech stocks, you're gonna die. If you stick all your money in cruise lines, you're gonna die. If you stick all your money in airlines, you're gonna die. Because when that sector drops, you wanna have the other sectors cover you. Now, if it's a day where the whole market sectors are down, then there's nothing you can do. You just wanna pull your money out. But usually, the more diversified you are in different types of stocks, keeps your stock portfolio more competitive because you have other stocks that are bringing you up you know and that's one of the things that i would say so yes three stocks you could do that but i personally think you should have at least seven to ten for all of my clients i always invest at least seven minimum 
and 10 at the most. I think five is a little too small because if you have a stock that takes up 15, 20, 30% of your portfolio, if it tanks one day, you lost a lot of money, man. But if you have a stock that takes up 10%, it won't hurt you as much. If you have a stock that takes up about a seventh, not as much. So the more portfolio diversification you have, the more you can take losses. So I'd say seven to 10 is a sweet spot. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, talking about stocks, and I know you mentioned that some stock, yeah. some stocks are, you know, the tech stocks and you right, know, right, a right. bunch of different types of stocks. Uh, Urban One. Yeah. Uh, would you say that most of the money that you make, or what the stocks that you usually play with and look right. at the trends and all that stuff, are they? Are you? Do you have to get stocks that are volatile that are going up and down in prices a lot? That's a great question. If you want to grow, you have to have stocks that are somewhat volatile. Now, it all depends. Do you want to grow right now or do you want to wait in, until you're 90 years old? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm saying that in a jokey way because there's nothing wrong. I'm not trying to say there's something wrong with long-term investing, but let's just be honest. We're millennials. We don't have patience. We want to make money now. And I'm sure that a lot of in experienced investors are probably laughing at hearing this. Look at this millennial telling people to, you know how you always hear those old heads, you know, you should invest in and spend 20 hours, you know, researching this. Listen, research helps you all at once, but if there's a new thing that comes out that brings the stock value down, all the research you did did nothing. Yeah. I've invested in stocks before that I've lost on that you look at the, 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 financials they all look beautiful and golden and all of that and then some news update comes out and then the stock drops 20 percent moderna is a good example it's one of the stocks that's trying to stop covid mm -hmm. and that entire stock is like 90 percent dependent on whatever's happening with covid if good news about covid comes out jumps bad news or it's delayed drops and you don't want to have a stock like that yeah. so yeah you definitely need to have some stocks that can grow in the short term long term and midterm you told me that yeah. um, <clears throat> dividend stocks were for pussies. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'll say this, Richard. You can interpret it that way, but... That's what you said. If you... <laughs> <laughs> Those were your exact words. You made a voice and everything. You made a voice. If you were doing long-term, there's nothing wrong with them. But if you want money now, <laughs> don't worry about dividends. The reason why dividends don't work for me, Richard is because I change my portfolio every single day. Yeah. So what dividends can I get if I hold a stock for six hours and then like it's gone by the end of the day? You know what yeah, I mean? You're so even, you're not even looking yeah, at like yeah. I don't like dividends are nice, but I, I don't care. And and the thing about a lot of dividends is unless you have a lot of money, I'm talking like real serious cash. Mm -hmm. What is a dividend going to do for you? Yeah. You buy a reasonable amount of money to start investing, I would always say is two to four grand, right? That's what most people could probably dish in. At most, you might buy 10 or 15 shares. If you get a couple pennies per those share, you're making a few dollars. Mm -hmm. That's not going to make you any money. Just to hold on to the stock that's bleeding your life away. That's stupid. <laughs> but if you have stocks that are growing, it doesn't matter. And then you get rid of them. And that'll bring me to another point that I'll, I'll talk about last. But let's, let's do, let's do number three. All right. So number three, competition. So why do I bring up competition? Competition is extremely important because when you're looking at a stock, we touched on this a little bit the last time in our last episode. Competition allows you to identify directly who your stocks are competing with. So, for example. Oh, like the P-E ratio. 
Well, the PE ratio is more about what's overvalued or undervalued. Within the same sector, right? right? But the economic moat is specifically what I'm talking about. And Robinhood does a really good job of telling you if you have Robinhood gold. Wide, narrow. Wide, narrow, small, narrow, all of that stuff, or none. And that's very important because I thought of a perfect example to share with you guys today. Three companies in the cruise industries that you should care about. Nobody gives a shit about the rest of the companies. You have Norwegian Cruise Line, Carnival Cruise Line, and also Royal. All three of those companies are also headquartered in Miami, ironically. So these are all three companies in Miami competing with each other. And Nor Norwegian actually doesn't pay you any dividends. And they're the smallest. And they have a very small market share. So you shouldn't invest in them because if somebody's going to fall, they're going to fall first. So let's talk about COVID. If COVID is going to kill cruises, which it did, who is it going to kill first? Norwegian. The small ones, right? So a company like Norwegian is going to fall first. Then who is left? Carnival and Royal Caribbean. But what's the difference between those companies? Well, Carnival is a bigger company, but Royal Caribbean is more profitable. So you might look at Royal and say, yeah, it's super expensive, but it's a more profitable company and investors are more likely to invest in more profitable companies. So, yeah, you're paying a premium on a Royal Caribbean share instead of a Carnival Cruise Line share. But in the end, you're getting a better stock and a better deal, right? And that's why I would say to myself and all of you guys that investing in competition is one of the best things that you can do. Because you got to see who people are fighting against. Starbucks has no competition, really. And that's one of the reasons why the Starbucks stock is dropping because with no competition, their stock's still falling. That's a bad sign about a company, isn't it? Wait, so you're saying to invest in, in companies that have competition rather yes. than like a monopoly? Well, well, I would actually say the opposite. I'm saying that invest in companies that have a strong command over their competition or have next to a monopoly. Another example I'll give you is C Limited. C Limited is a Southeast Asian company that's made me a lot of returns. They are pretty much Amazon, Activision, and PayPal in one company. Now, they do a lot of different sectors. They're a gaming company that covers a lot of different things. They have e-commerce, all of that stuff. I'll, I'll tell you more about it later off the air. But that company has no competition. Why? Because in Asia, they don't have the same monopoly rules that we have in America. So C-Limited can own the entire Southeast Asian market and they don't have to worry about it because they don't have the same antitrust laws over right. there that they do here. So when you think about it, just imagine what Disney and Amazon could do if we didn't have the laws in this country that pre prevents them from doing what they do. I mean, just look at Disney. They're already pretty much a monopoly anyways. They buy up everybody every year. But they would be completely unleashed if we didn't have those laws. So having companies that have complete control is one of the greatest things. But Quinn, so does that mean, so would you say then to invest in companies like Disney, Amazon, Netflix? Yes, I would say to invest in those companies if you have the money to do it. That's that those are long term like that. Right. But I'm saying but they're also good companies in a way because you could also look at smaller markets too, right? Like Sarens, for example, CRNC. That company has a monopoly over pretty much all automobile AI systems. Now, they're a small company, but they have a monopoly over it. Now, the thing what you're saying, Richard, is that those monopolistic country companies that you named, they're great companies, but the problem is they're too expensive. So that's where you have to do your research and you have to find smaller companies that have a stronger competitive edge that are on the rise that you don't have to pay two grand for a share. 
Remind yeah. me to ask you a question. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I want on on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I want, I yeah, want sure, to ask sure, you a question sure. when, when you're done. Right. So the only problem with those stocks, they're great, but who can pay twenty four hundred dollars a share? <laughs> well, I think, and I think in, yeah. so, in some platforms, I know Robinhood does this now. Yeah. I have an account. I actually right, right, have access right. to this with the whole fractional shares right. thing. So you can invest like parts of the company, like point yeah. one of a share. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that like kind of remove the whole? I've actually been asked this question yesterday by one of my friends. I'm not a big fan of the whole fractional shares thing. And here's why. Because if I can invest, let's say, let's compare two companies. I'll give you two examples. Fastly and I'll give you Microsoft. Now, the last time I checked, Fastly is in like the $80 range. I think Microsoft's in the low 200s. Yes, if I want, I could put a fractional share into Microsoft. And let's say I put a fractional share in at, let's say, I don't know, $100 so I could buy half a share of a Microsoft stock. But in that same amount of money with $200, I could buy two and let's say change of a Fastly stock. Now, if both stocks go up $5, $10 a day, how much money did I make? I'd make more money from Fastly. So fractional shares is great if you really want to invest in those big companies that maybe can make you a lot of money per day. But the risk is too high for me because if you're investing a fractional share into a big company and that company goes down, you're literally just wasting your money. And you might as well invest in cheaper stocks if you don't have that much money that can go up. And that's why with my investing, I like to target people who are trying to rise that don't have that much capital. If you got millions and billions of dollars, bump all of what I'm saying. But if you're starting off and you're getting into investing, you're not gonna really get much from fractional. You know? Yeah. I actually disagree with you on that. Okay, that's fine. Because I think it's all percentage based. Okay. So if if I if I'm gonna put five dollars into a company yeah. where a stock is five dollars or right. five dollars into like Amazon, whichever one percentage wise goes up okay. more, I'm gonna make the same amount of money because right. at the end of the day, it's all percentage right. based. No, I can understand that. So that, that that's just the way I look at right. it. Right, and and I could understand that. Like I said, fractional shares isn't for me, but I could understand why other people do it. I just rather invest full shares into smaller companies that have more growth potential because those big companies at the top, they're more stable anyways. The companies that are less developed and developing have more room to grow. You know what I'm saying? But wouldn't you, couldn't you argue also that in yeah. these smaller companies, there's more risk involved? There is more risk and that's why I'm saying you have to know how to really day trade in order to do it. But yeah. that's why I'm saying if you're getting into investing and you don't have a lot of money, you have to take a lot more risks than people that have a lot more money. But if I you know what you're yeah. doing, you can make a lot more returns. You know what I'm saying? If everybody had millions of dollars to blow on Amazon, then just do that. Mm -hmm. But people don't. Right. And that's why a lot of people, I'll just add this real quick before we move on. A lot of people I know, they don't want to get into investing because they think all the good stocks are too expensive, so they don't even waste their time. And I'm like, no, there are ways. You just got to do your research, you know? But yeah. I already forgot what I wanted to ask. (laughs) I'll continue. Number four. I'm, I'm just thinking. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. these are really good points that you're bringing No, no, up. I appreciate it, yeah. yeah. So I guess for my final point, I'll make this one. Shit. What were you saying that I told you that I wanted to ask you something? It was a really good question for the podcast. Was it about fractional shares or? No, what were you saying right before that. fractional shares? What was I... you saying right before fractional shares? Competition? Competition. Okay, yeah. Knowing right, your ahead. stocks and. Knowing your stocks, competition. Yeah, and yeah, knowing yeah. when to sell. Okay, so for the last point, this kind of comes more from like a psychological point. Oh, I remember now. Okay. Just... Yeah, well, let me, let me make this point real quick. So, Richard, we took a psychology class back in the early years. And one thing that I would say for sure 
is that one of the key reasons why a lot of investors fail, and the number one reason why a lot of investors fail, is because they get emotional. Mm -hmm. Emotions are the death of, I would say, 90% of the people that I've ever met from the investment club, from all the groups I know, from people who do consultation with me and all of that. I would say emotions are the biggest killer. Why is that? People treat their stocks like they treat a fucking marriage. <laughs> Listen, your stock is not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your cat. It's not your dog. You don't have a commitment to these stocks. You invest in them to make you fucking money. You don't give a shit about, oh, well, I don't want to sell this stock because it might go up tomorrow. And I, and I really like it. I really, really like this stock. Oh, please, please go on. Listen, fuck all that <laughs> pussy shit, man. Fuck all that pussy shit. The fucking stock is losing you money. You get rid of it. You don't hold on to it because you have this emotion. Now, if you hold on to it and you think that it will really go up, then keep the stock. But if you're making illogical decisions because you like the company, dude, yeah, you're going to yeah. fail. Richard, you can tell because you know about the investment club. How many people invested in companies that they invested in simply because they like the company? Oh, well, I like Starbucks coffee. So I'm going to invest in Starbucks because I like Starbucks coffee. I like, I like NVIDIA because I like to buy my graphics cards. So I'll buy NVIDIA. No, it doesn't work like that. You got to invest in the company because you'll think it will grow. And when I see these people making such emotional decisions, I realize you got to be completely objective. You got to eliminate all of that. And I'll be honest with you. I have been guilty of this to some degree. There's some companies I believe too much in. Like, for example, you look at the financials, you'd think that Starbucks would be a good buy, especially now after COVID when it got cheaper. And I kept giving it chance after chance after chance and it didn't do shit. You know, and it's one of those things, guys, where I say, man, if you really want to make it in the market and you want to take no money and turn it into something, you don't have the room to be emotional. People who have a lot of money, they can be emotional about their investments, not you. And that would Boy, be my yeah. final point. Yeah. The last year, Starbucks has gone down by 15%. Yeah. And I would just want to also say this too, from 2015, I looked recently from 2015 to 2018, Starbucks stayed pretty much at the same price. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. yeah. The, the last year, it went down by 15. The last yeah. five years, only 31%. But right. when you divide 31% in between five years, right. that's almost nothing. It's nothing. And when you think about it, you look at the fact that Starbucks went down a lot and it was climbing as COVID yeah. started to go away a little bit. And you think, oh, yeah, let's get back into Starbucks. And then it went back to doing nothing. Yeah, the last year, yeah. it was 15% drop yep. in capital. And you, they have a dividend of 2%. So yeah. you, it's, it's, it's a waste. You, and you, investors lost money yeah. with, with Starbucks. Yeah. I wonder why. Because you were saying you, monopolies you think, yeah. or like no competition. No so. competition. I mean, there's like this company in Asia. I forgot what it was called. But it's, I think it's called Luck and Coffee. I think like that's the only company that really has competition with Starbucks. But really, man, like they got nobody who really competes with them. And when you think about that, competition... And no, and getting emotional over these stocks will be the death of your money. Yeah, and I was just look, I was just actually looking at it too because yeah. of uh, sometimes they, they, these companies they don't go up or down much, but they have yeah. dividends they're, at they're least. Stragglers, yeah. But there's like dividends at least, so they'll pay you yeah. like a four percent a year to and have then, a so, stock that doesn't do shit. Yeah, so I mean, some people 
think the same way. Yeah, like AT&T. Yeah, the last year. Yeah. Well, but that's because of this. That's, five that's years. cool. Yeah. Wow, still down. But, but also, the dividends on AT&T, I think, uh, is what makes it worth. 7%. Mm. So, you're still making money off of that. Yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, I agree with your point with the with the whole like um, emotion emotion and all that stuff yeah, because no, we is. we see it with e commerce too. Yeah. When you're testing out products, you can be like, oh my god, like yeah. this workout thing, because you know yeah, we, we like to work course, out. Yeah. We're like, oh, this workout thing, this this thing's right, right, so right. awesome. And then the customer doesn't see it the same way as you exactly. do. Exactly. So you just have to look at the numbers. Exactly. You're just looking. Does it sell? Is it profitable? Is if it, if it's not, stop trying to make it profitable. You know, right. stop and, spending money. And the thing is, like we've all been in business for years so we know how to separate our emotions from our logic but the thing is that people that start off i have one of my clients he lost some money in a day and he started panicking and i totally understand where he's coming from like i didn't chastise him for it because i get it i have several clients that have complained that a few times they may have lost a lot of money in a day and then the next day they make it back and they're like man this is scary and it's like if you're scared now after two days get out yeah. and i just tell you you know what just get out don't don't keep trying to come back into the market. If you're so afraid of losing money, this isn't for you. Right. Because you got to risk it to make it. You got to risk it for the biscuit. Yes, right. 30 minutes? Okay, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this yeah, question sure. to end it. Sure, sure, sure. So I was talking to Ralphie about this the other yeah. day because I was looking at Amazon. Yeah. And, dude, in the last five years, Amazon has gone up, Jesus, gone up yeah. by 500 and almost 20%, which is insane. Yeah. What do you think is the next Amazon? What what should we be looking at right now? I was talking to Ralphie about this. I told him maybe we should be looking at something like Tesla. Maybe Tesla can go up there. I don't know if it's too late to get into Tesla at this point. I but would, what do you think? I would say that Tesla... Well, when you mean Amazon, you mean a company like Amazon or just the next great uh, stock? The next great stock, like 500%. Okay. Right. Think about it. You put in you put in $10, you would have gotten back 50 yeah. That's insane. It's in, No. More yeah. right, five hundred for ten dollars. You right? would have made so. You would have made a lot of fucking money. That's the so answer. So <laughs> Tesla in the last five years has gone up by two hundred and sixty-six percent. So what do you, I mean? What where do you see? Do you, are you looking at Man. any new companies that are uh, that are up and coming? Because right now right. I feel like getting into Netflix, getting into Tesla, Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, it's just too late. It's yeah. already out there. The, people the, know about it. It's unless too late. the people who already have a lot of money that they exactly. Yeah. Into so what do you think? The funny thing is, Richard is. Of all the stocks that I've invested in, there really is no stock that I think is the future, but the one that I would say is closest to that is DraftKings. Now I know that there's a lot of SPACs and I can, and I, I can go I can go into this in, this separately. I know that there's a lot of SPACs and knock on wood, five years from now if DraftKings is dead, come back and call me an idiot. You have you have the complete rights to say that. But and, and knock on wood because I'm invested in DraftKings. So if they tank, I'm losing money. But either way, <laughs> that's doing good though. The reason why I would say DraftKings is here's why: we're all sports fans here, right? Mm -hmm. And C Limited, I think, is a great company, but it's not doing anything special. DraftKings is and FanDuel, which just came in as GAN, they are the only stocks right now in the market or notable stocks that are doing sports gambling. Why is this important? Sports gambling is increasing all throughout America because there have been a lot of restrictions that are being lifted over the last few years that are allowing people to place a lot more money on bets. And we've played a lot of very interesting fantasy sports games together. <laughs> we, we know all about investing in sports. And when you think about it, sports is a market that for the rest of our lives will never die. It is probably the safest market you can think about. So to infuse the sports market 
with gambling and relieving all of these restrictions, if I had to say the next great stock, it would be DraftKings. And five years from now when it's tanking, you guys are going to be laughing at me. But you know what? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to say it. Knock on wood. Again, DraftKings is my bet. What do you think about esports? Esports is definitely on the rise. If you look up one of the ticker, the ticker Hero, there's a mutual. Hero? Yeah, I think it's there's a there's an ETF on Hero about that. I've been looking into that. I think that there's a lot of room to grow, but I still think sports gambling is better long term because people will always pump money into sports. But I do think that esports is definitely a huge growing market, though, for sure. I th- I think the way that I see it, yeah. as far as like. Uh, next biggest stock yeah. or what do you got? Uh, I, forgot, I forgot what Richard said. Yeah, yeah. but kind of like the big the breakthrough stock yeah. next to Amazon. I think to be honest, it has to be something completely innovative. Yeah. Something yeah. that that ha- hasn't because yeah, betting has been around. Yeah. People bet on sports. They bet on this. They bet on that. But yeah. I think it truly has to be something like completely innovative. Tesla, maybe. Yeah, it could. I hundred percent. I think it, it, it can keep Nikola's keep going. competing with that's, them. That's one that that just came out yeah but they're, I still they're think, very volatile though. i still yeah. think it's too like too like volatile, new you yeah. don't know what the hell's going on there yeah it's just pumping dump but but i think it has to be something like truly like completely in right. like brand new that right no one's already doing there is another stock i will mention before we close out today guys that i think you might want to just take a look at i'm not into the stock i pulled out my position because i'm not too on it right now but take a look at spce space virgin galactic oh, holdings yeah. With space travel coming in the next couple of years, they're already doing space traveling in Russia. And I believe that as time evolves, this is going to be something that a lot of people are doing. They just have to figure out a way to drop the cost because I think the average cost of a space trip flight plan is like $200,000. Now think about it. The average person doesn't have 200, 200 grand to go in outer space. But at the same time though, if you think about it, if most of the people that will be traveling in outer space have a lot of money, that means that you have very high investors and corporations that will pump money into you. So you can think about it from a corporation point, and that's another thing I'll add to this too. Being able to separate, is this stock more determined by corporations or more consumers is also another factor. So that's my, those are my picks. DraftKings guys, be a sports fan. I do think that it has to be something innovative. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it has to be because Amazon is new. Yeah. Tesla's fairly new, uh, electric cars. Yeah. And then, what's the other? Netflix. Virgin. Netflix is, was, what, did it Netflix? Ne- no, well, Netflix was new for its time, but now they have competitors like yeah. Disney, Disney Plus and, and Amazon Hulu. Prime and Hulu. And, yeah, and all, all, all the, those things coming out. Guys. So, even Amazon, yeah. It has a question. You think Disney yeah. I'd have to. I would have to look at the financials to see if Disney could afford them. But I could see Disney doing something like that. If they did, I think there might be some monopoly issues. But I'd have to do my research. Is it three thousand? Yep. It's three thousand, not three hundred. Three thousand, three thousand Ten dollars turns into three thousand. That's fucking. We know. I need to do that. Yeah. I think. I mean, three thousand times. 10 would be or 300 times 10 would be 3000 but if you put 10 dollars 100 percent is 20. yeah 200 yeah. percent is so i don't think it's 3000 i think it's math i don't know yeah math. 
All right, guys, let's go ahead and end it. Alrighty. Quinn, that was amazing, bro. Right. Honestly, I'm glad that we that we had you here today. Yeah. Oh, and I really appreciate you guys good. for always good. being so open. To, to us and I think Dude. that you guys show great no seriously like I want to tell you, tell you guys and give you guys a good compliment here I think what you guys are doing with your podcast is awesome I've seen a lot more of your videos you guys have had some really interesting guests and you guys are really great at this man and I really just hope it keeps blowing up guys thank you thank you man yeah. awesome thank you, thank you. All right. you've been a great you, you're, you've been great bro yeah. you've honestly been great and I appreciate you coming on here today and whenever you want to come on just text us again yeah, invite yourself be like yo I'm coming yeah. on to the podcast episode and today. if you ever want me to come on if you want me to explain something to you guys just invite yeah. me in and yeah. no, I'm so only a few perfect. minutes away it was perfect awesome. alright thank you for coming Quinn we love you brother All right. take care you too guys <laughs> alright peace alright